Welcome to the first official episode of the Spot Burn Podcast, brought to you by Musky Fool and hosted by Josh, aka Bam Bam. And you got Dan as well from Musky Fool. Uh, we wanted to start uh, by thanking two awesome companies that came, uh, came on board as our podcast sponsors. I don't know what they're thinking, but they came on board. We got Cortland Line Company. Uh, they make fly line. They make fishing line for conventional stuff. They're also kind of in a musky, the other musky state up in New York, pretty close to the St. Lawrence River. We've actually been working with Cortland. Uh, they're pretty awesome. They came out with a musky pike series a couple of years ago, and it's pretty rad. Absolutely. Josh and I are going to be fishing a little bit of it this year, see how it goes. Also, we got uh, Stealth Craft Boats from Baldwin, Michigan. They probably make the most complete lineup of uh, river boats on the market. I mean, they got everything. Hooligans. I can't think of another company. They got there. rafts, drift boats, jet boats, power drifters. TVs. TVs. They got TVs, stealth welds, aluminum. TVs. Pontoons. They have pontoons. I know I've seen a pontoon. And some subs. But, no, they're, uh, we're really grateful for these guys. Um, you know, Josh and I have both been running a couple different stealth crafts. We love them. We're going to keep running them, keep crashing them, and uh, you'll, be, you'll be hearing a little bit more about those. But seriously, huge thank you for believing in all this crap and, uh, and coming on board. We're going to get into it with the first episode. Um, we're really going to keep it simple and just introduce what we're up to. What the hell are we doing here? What have we gotten ourselves into, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. This is a, it's an open-ended journey, folks. Uh, we came up with this idea a couple months ago to start this podcast, and we had all these ideas. A lot of folks were asking, you know, when are you going to bring back the Musky Fool live content? So we thought, hey, let's start a podcast and, and have this forum to just take it wherever it leads us. And, and we have a bunch of guests that are kind of lined up and, and some ideas in the hopper. So it's going to be fun. And we're also looking uh, from a lot of feedback from the viewer. So you can go to the website as well. Um, there's a page Muskyfool.com. Muskyfool.com. There's a page there for the Spot Burn podcast. Let us know what you want us to cover. Um, if you got any ideas, questions, etc., we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and I think both of us, um, you know, we started working together a little bit ago, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, Josh has been uh, behind the scenes, but he brings so much of Musky Fool to life. So this is this is just another another version of that. You can see uh, we're coming to you from a pretty cool. Uh, space. It's actually the basement of the Musky Fool Fly Shop. <laughs> this building was 18-something, uh, 1893, I believe. It's old, it's gross, but Josh made it pretty. We're calling it the dungeon. The dungeon. The dungeon. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Josh and I, we have a few things in common, but we're pretty, we come from different backgrounds. We both love muskies. We're both from Wisconsin. We both love building businesses, and uh, we're both going to do this crazy shit together so we'll see how it goes it was a match made in wisconsin match made in wisconsin over the worst fish ever invented (laughs) so um we're going to get into a little bit about who we are why we're here what the podcast is about we're going to try and keep it short and sweet but uh we thought that was a good way to start things off so uh how did we end up in this old moist nasty basement recording a podcast together what where did it all (laughs) whose stupid idea was this I'm not sure whose stupid idea it was. It was either 
Dan or Jen's idea. All Jen's ideas are good ideas, let's, so. Let's blame it on her so okay. she's not sitting in front of the camera right now. She's responsible for the name. She's also responsible for the Musky Fool name and all the good decisions in my life, at least. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of topics out there in the fly fishing world. Uh, we are by no means the experts on any of that stuff. Our guests, hopefully, will be a lot smarter than we will be, but hence the name Spot Burn. So we want to Spot Burn basically all these different types of topics. We're not going to give away any fishing locations. Everything but fishing spots. Exactly. Sorry, you're going to have to pay for those. Exactly. So metaphorically, we're going to be Spot Burning all these different types of topics for everybody, and it's going to just be this amazing knowledge sharing journey that we're all going to go on and share with each other, and hopefully... Uh, there's some compelling, entertaining content that comes along the way. Yeah, we hope you like it. And if you don't, you know, I'm sorry in advance. Yep. But uh, let's start a little bit by getting into who the heck we are, why why we were here. So I want to start with you, Josh. How did, uh, I think first and foremost, how did you get the name Bam Bam? Oh, boy. Well, it, it all stems back to about 2018, I'd say. I think that was the year at Treelands Resort. Opening day of the the muskie championship and hooked into a big old muskie mid-river. And uh, we were reeling her in and just fighting the fish, just really concerned about boning her. And all of a sudden, we didn't realize, but there was you a... You said boning her or boating her? Boating her. <laughs> boating with a T. There was no N in there. Maybe <laughs> there was. But uh, a bear hunting dog swam across the river and got tangled in the muskie and God the and the fly it. line. And in the midst of all that, the fly rod snapped. And it was crazy. But we landed the bear dog. We landed the muskie. Um, and then the next day, I went on to break another What rod. fights better, a bear dog or a muskie? Uh, I would say both at the same time. <laughs> pretty dang... <laughs> Pretty dang crazy, Dan. Do you get extra points in that tournament for bear dogs? You do. We unfortunately didn't bump the bear dog, though, so we'll never know how big it was. But that muskie was 38 inches, and it was uh, the biggest fish of the first day. Oh, nicely done. So that was cool. That's like an eight-pointer, I think, or something like that. Yep. And then Steven Pogodetsky. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly there's no way anyone pronounces that we just call him pogo aka pogo he's the he's the one who coined uh the nickname bam bam because i broke so many fly rods that weekend it you know there's just nicknames that seem to fit and stick and i think that one was just it was like destiny Yep. I don't know if you started breaking more things after it or, or what, but <laughs> I'm just naturally a bull in a china shop, really. So that's perfect. It's very fitting. Dan, how about yourself? How'd you get into all of this stuff? Uh musky fly fishing or what? What? Podcasting? I have no idea why I'm here, Josh. Yeah, let's start with musky fly fishing and then we'll segue into how did you just come up with the idea of starting Musky Fool. Okay. I've told, I think folks have probably, we've been on a few other podcasts. They might have heard the story of Musky Fool. Of, of course, all good ideas were Jen's. Um, so this is another one. The truth of the matter is I was on the toilet when Jen texted me and said that uh, we should we should just do this. But uh, how did I get into Musky Fly Fishing? Um, so uncle and dad are the, the, the two responsible for dragging me along fishing. Um, don't judge them, but they were walleye fishermen to start out. They oh, know boy. it. They know it, so they're not offended. But they weren't great walleye fishermen. Um, and uh, I think I got 
I, I, you know, the the first memory is probably just being really cold at night in a shitty boat up on Laura Lake. Um, we're not supposed to spot burn. That's just, it, there's no more I left in that lake, but whatever. Um, and I remember, you know, the first memory was like, I remember us like spotlighting muskies. Like, oh, look at that, while we were attempting to catch walleyes. And then somewhere along the lines, my uncle, I think, was the one that kind of wanted to start musky fishing. And I was less than 10 years old at this point. I was still pretty young. And, um, you know, conventional conventional musky stuff. We started doing that. We started going northern Wisconsin regularly, got rid of all the walleye shit, focused on muskies, still kind of had no idea what we were doing. Um Cast it at weeds, cast it at the shoreline, like all good fishermen do. <laughs> um, and, you know, it it definitely stuck. I think that was the type of fishing I liked the most when I was a kid. You know, whether it was the big fish or the scary fish or you got to cast the big, cool lures. I mean, that was like, whoa, this is, this is cool. Um, fast forward a, a while. I mean, sports, college, high school, and... Um, I, we were up in Manitowish waters and I vividly remember, um, seeing someone doing it for the first time. I'm pretty certain that was Bill Shear cause I don't know anybody else in that area with that type of boat mm-hmm. slinging line with socks on the other end. And then, um, you know, ended up having like, that was like the first like subconscious implant of musky fly fishing. And then maybe it was just because I was such a bad musky, conventional musky fisherman. I was like, there's got to be a way to catch these fish. This has got to be a better way. Um, and ended up, you know, I think there's a couple like a surgery I had to have. If you want the full story, that, that will save for another podcast. But uh, basically, Jen got me uh, a video and I got hooked tying musky flies first. So, like, my first entrance into musky fishing, fly fishing, was tying musky flies. Oh, that's interesting. In winter. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. And then that summer it was, like, or that that was winter, and then that next season it was, like, no more gear rods in the boat. We're going to do this with fly rods. And it was hilarious. I mean, it was terrible. It was it was as bad as you can imagine. Um and but i just like that was it just clicked it all clicked like that's what i wanted to do that's how i wanted to fish i felt like it was like at the time i i remember it feeling like no one else knew about it clearly that wasn't the case there have been people musky fly fishing way longer than me catching muskies on the fly but i felt like oh my god i had a little secret that all of the gear fishermen didn't have and that kind of like set me off on the path and then i mean it became kind of an outlet of stress, you know, like I was working uh, a lot of hours at a job and it was anytime we got, it was like, let's go musky fly fishing. Let's, whether it was the chain of lakes in Madison, going up north, uh, northern Wisconsin. And it just, it just as all things snowballed, just kept, kept snowballing. So that's kind of the like longer winded version of like how it really came together. But yeah, and then, you know, fast forward and then I ended up here. Uh, no, but. I'd love to hear you talk about the same. I don't know if I've heard your story about how you your kind of journey into musky fishing and musky fly fishing. Yeah, that's a fun story. So I'm kind of an old dude now. I'm almost 40, which is hard to believe. Ooh, I like it. Uh, but 
Yeah, my uh, my grandparents they lived in central Montana. My dad was raised there, so we would always go out there every summer, just visiting uh, our relatives and visiting the grandparents. And we would definitely be begging to go trout fishing. And that was my first exposure to seeing fly fishing in real life. How and, old were you, roughly? Oh, my first fish I ever caught I, was a trout, and I was probably two or three. On a fly rod? No, on a worm, probably when yes. I was like two or three, like a toddler. But just growing up and seeing that and being in this beautiful mountain area, you know, a boy from Wisconsin, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. It's so surreal. And you see these old guys that are out there slinging fly rods you're like i want to do that someday so i always beg my dad beg my grandpa hey let's get into fly fishing i think it's really cool they they always said we were too young so when we were about 10 or 11 years old my dad said okay you read this book and i'll buy you your first fly rod so we did was the book related to fly fishing or was this just like it was it was essentially like learn to fly fish for dummies at the time so we're talking early 90s here folks and so we read the book i was just being born yeah, Dan was just being born. We were just in early adolescence there, but we read the book on the drive out to Montana, um, got our first fly rod, and it took me two years to catch my first fish on a fly rod. But once I did and I cracked the code, I was instantly hooked. I'm like, this is so cool. It's primal. It's a totally different approach than gear fishing. It's a lot more engaging. Um, so I was just absolutely obsessed with fly fishing, and like most people, I thought this is the, you can only catch trout with a fly rod, nothing else. But of course, that's not the case. You, you catch your first smallmouth, you catch your first bluegill. But in the moment at that time, it was like the world around it, surrounded trout. Exa- trout fly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, you start getting into the warm water species and you're like, this is the gateway drug to bigger and more aggressive fish and then ultimately you accidentally catch your first pike you catch a muskie on a fly and it's life-changing so that's kind of the evolutionary track of my fly fishing career i love it how what about like when did it become i mean i know you fishing with you getting to know you over the last few years like i consider you like a muskie fool through and through when did it like click like oh it's it's muskies it's muskies that's the thing absolute muskies well yeah i've just i've been fishing my entire life and i had an uncle that was really into musky fishing and he took us out musky fishing when we were younger like toddlers and in like elementary school and i always thought it was really cool like the thought of catching a fish that was bigger than you when you're six or seven years old is it's pretty intimidating and i just fell in love with that allure that like the mystique of the musky it just gets ingrained in you, and then you actually catch your first one, and it's it's so surreal. Um, but then, you know, you catch a bunch of those with traditional gear over the, over the years, and you're like, I want to up the ante. What's a different challenge? What's, what's a different approach? And you've, you get exposed to somebody that's uh, pursuing them with a fly rod, and, you know, there's nothing better than that. It, I always tell people, it's like the, the metaphor of, do you go deer hunting with a gun or do you go deer hunting with a bow? The, the guys that go deer hunting with a gun, you know, they're still harvesting deer. But the guys that are they're, they're hunting with a bow, they put in a ton of time. They're scouting. They're doing food plots, setting up tree stands, 
practicing shooting practicing shooting all the game cameras there's so much there's another level of commitment and that's what i really gravitated towards with fly fishing for muskies well and it's interesting how like in wisconsin we're both growing up here if you really fish you can't whether you're, you however you got into it you cannot avoid muskies it's like ingrained in our fishing culture which is a pretty deep fishing culture but it's the bars, musky joes, and the resorts, and the roads, and the, you know, the musky point resort, and the tiger musky this. Oh, yeah. You're kind of, it's always just like. Subconsciously, they're just yeah. marketing at you wherever you go yeah. in Wisconsin. Muskies, muskies, muskies. Well, kind of like this weird, scary, you know, there's all the, like, weird stories about it's going to bite your toe and none of that, you know, but it's like. It, you kind of end up, that's what I, I, I felt like personally was like, it was like muskies in Wisconsin and then fly fishing and it just had to go together. Yep. And I feel like so many people, whether it was people that are doing it long before you and I had that same feeling of like, of course this will work. We're yep. in Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're in our backyard. I mean, we might as well put them at the forefront of what we're pursuing. Yep. Yep. We talk about that a lot here at the shop. I mean, they're... That's why it's called Musky Fool. Is it's it's native. It belongs here. Hate to break it to you, but brown trout don't. Uh, as much as we like fishing for them too, <laughs> muskies, the musky capital of the world. We got two cities that argue about it. Two cities is probably aggressive, more like towns. But um, I love it. I love it. Um, so we're gonna get into a little bit of like background on the, on on who the heck we are and why we're here. And I, I think we're easiest way to do that is to start with some some rapid fire questions. So um, basically, Josh, you get one fly to fish for the rest of your life. What oh, are you doing? That, what, what do you got? That is a very easy question for me. It is definitely the double Buford that's black and orange tied by Urban Fly Company, Mark Burns out of Pennsylvania. Love it. Love it. How uh, about you, Dan? Ooh. Uh, it's so tough. I don't know. It's probably just something like with bucktail and feathers that's white and about eight inches long. Okay. I don't, uh, you know, it doesn't even have to do a whole lot. It does, I don't have a specific pattern in mind, but if you, you put me to the screws and you said this is it. So you're like an El Naturel approach guy. I just, you just like white. Yeah. White? Yeah. You can't go wrong with white in any body of water. No. Which no, I'm I, sure we'll touch base on in future episodes. Yeah, I can see theory it. And all I that like weird it. Stuff. Yep. No, I, I agree. Um, what else we got? What's your go-to setup right now? What are you What are you really fishing in terms of gear? Well, go-to setup is a Chippewa River custom rod in the twelve weight variation. Do you have, uh, being Bam pe- Bam? Do you have like a special warranty policy with Tom, or is it is it? Uh, yeah, basically, if yeah. the rod gets through a season without breaking, he puts it into the, the Fishing Hall of Fame. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at with that. But it's a one-piece 12-weight by by Tom. He makes the really good sticks. And for the, the money you pay for them, there's no better value. Um, and then other than that, it's really big lines because I love seeing that rod load up. It's got a ton of power. It's super lightweight. And it can handle a lot of line. Like we're talking six, seven hundred grain line. So that's pretty much my go-to setup as far as leaders go. Um, you know, standard butt section 
whatever you fancy, and then a little bit of a wire bike guard. And then I typically, I'm not really into the glider game as much as some of these guys are. I'm more of a double Buford type of guy. It works for you. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of, uh, that's my go-to setup. Dan, if you haven't, about- well, if you, I was just going to say, if you haven't watched, we'll hopefully be able to show some of it. But if you haven't, uh, I know it's out there on like Musky Country Lessons and if you haven't watched Josh sling a 12 weight before, it is a sight to behold. He's a sniper. It's kind of what's in my head is like when I'm picturing someone musky five fish, it's it's smooth. It's you you got the, you got it going on over there, buddy. I got the sauce. I you learned the from sauce. the best. I'll say that. There you go. Dan, how about you? What's your go-to setup? Well, these I, days. I uh I remember when uh my first setup was like some Cabela's crap. But I remember when that G Loomis musky rod came out and I was just like, oh, it's a musky rod. Let's try it. And it just, it stuck. I love it. I fished the 11 weight and 12 weight. Probably would pick the 12 weight over anything else. Um, I like a little bit deeper line that uh, Cortland Sink 4 has been kind of the, the go to lately. Um, not, not really overlining it 500 grain. You know, similar to you, standard leader setup, uh, butt section, fluorocarbon, fifty pound wire, with that white with that white fly at the end. But I will say, you were here for when it arrived, and we'll talk more about this one later. You'll hear more about it at the shop. We just got a set of uh, RB Miser, two handed, custom made, four musky fool, musky rods, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to fish them because they're so goddamn pretty. But those things might become the new. They look. They look pretty sweet. You got to see one today. Oh, they are little works of art. Yeah, they are. A little <laughs> jungle cock in there. Yep. Nothing like a little jungle cock to get you excited. Dan just wanted to say that three times. Jungle cock. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, those are. What else we got? Uh, well, I want to hear a little bit more. There's. I, I want to get to another one of these rapid fire questions. But I want to hear. Um, you know, you got the Bam Bam vibe. You got, you, you know, I think a lot of people know that you're musky dude. Uh, you got the the Bam Bam Fly Guy company. But what's the what's the other part? What's the backstory of Josh? You know, you you do a little bit more than uh, break Chippewa River rods and musky fish, I assume. That's true. I'm um, kind of the Swiss Army knife of all sorts of things. But in the, the last decade, I've I've uh, co-owned and operated a graphic design and web development agency out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So we've had a lot of fun doing that, and it's been just an absolute blast over the years. Just kind of merging my passion with fishing and design and and all of those things and putting it together just to just to have all sorts of fun and just to enhance everyone's lives and and meet tons of new people. I've met so many people through social media. That's basically why we're here. We met through social media. Um, and then, like, even fishing Beast of the East last year, I met all those guys through social media. So it's just been a fun world to live and play in in that regard. You're, I know he's being a pretty humble dude, but Josh is uh, hes an entrepreneur. He is, you know, I think graphic design for the plebes out there that some people are like, oh, so you do logos. But Josh is like... I think the the Swiss Army knife is pretty accurate. He, uh, you know, a lot about a lot of things, and it's been it's been really fun getting to work with you too. Not just fishing together. Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you. Yeah, Dan, right back at you. What's your background? People uh, probably are wondering 
you know, who is this Dan Donovan? Who is this Jen Donovan? How do they know how to run a business? How do they know how to start such a, cr- a crazy, awesome business in the midst of a pandemic? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I, uh, we're coming to you from Wanakee, which is on the north side of Madison. Jen and I have been up in Madison. We, got, we actually uh, are high school sweethearts, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, we met. We started dating each other sophomore year in high school, uh, and uh, we came up to University of Wisconsin together, um, and then ultimately, kind of got into business. I think I was graduated from the business school. I was uh, kind of the the major for what it's worth was finance and investment securities, which was just basically learning how to trade stocks, which was pretty much a whole waste of time. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Um, and I kind of got hooked up with a few different healthcare technology startups. And really, that's where I cut my teeth on business. And I think I really liked it. I had a, my grandpa, uh, who was a uh, big influence on me. Um, he was, you know, owned his own business as long as I was alive. So that was always like in my head is like, that was cool. You know, just having your own thing and building your own schedule mm-hmm. um and i think really the like competition of business i liked i played sports growing up and i think that was like as an adult one of those ways uh to keep competing in a in a healthy way that puts food on your table and you know you got to make a living and all that crap but that was really what got me into business um had a lot of fun with a lot of amazing smart people um, building a couple healthcare companies in Madison. And then, uh, I mean, to fast forward a little bit, the pandemic hit. And I think the pandemic definitely changed my perspective on those businesses and my path forward and all that stuff um, to the point where I think Jen and I felt like it was, it was time for us to, to dive in and, and you know, even though I was working at startups, I was still working for someone, um, awesome people kind of who took the leap on their own to start a company. And, um, you know, we'll probably get into that a little bit more later, but we felt like we found a little bit of a niche in, in terms of what wasn't being offered in the Midwest, uh, wasn't being offered for all these crazy musky people out there. Um, and that's what really led us to kick this into high gear. It's kind of hilarious looking back on it now because <laughs> like the pictures Jen I think shared one with me the other day of me in the basement tying flies and like oh man we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Oh boy. Yeah, we had no idea. I would love to hear you I know I've heard a little bit but when we launched Musky Fool you had a you probably I would love to hear your perspective on it cuz you had been musky fishing for a while when that came out. Man, well Anyone who's ever attempted to run a business, ignorance is definitely bliss when oh, you're first, so much better. When you're first getting going because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. So cautionary tale right there. Uh, for so sure. If you're thinking about ever starting a business. But anywho, yeah, the first time I saw the Musky Fool logo or the you know, any talk about Musky Fool, I was like, who the fuck are these idiots especially in the middle of a pandemic i couldn't believe it what are they doing there's so many other people that have done this before you guys for sure there's been a lot of people that have been fly fishing for muskies a lot longer than we have but they just came out guns a blazing we're musky fool 
the original musky fly shop and you know they took the world by storm and you know we were all a little bit uh, skeptical a little bit on the fence about it but over time who they, are these fucking guys they proved everybody <laughs> wrong they're they're incredibly intelligent human beings very very gracious the kindest people on the planet and their customer service is just fantastic you guys can't disagree with any of that and i'm not just saying it because i'm sitting here but it's it's an absolute amazing business and it's I, I just love being a part of it all well we love it too man and we love you know i think we're at the point where like you've put your own mark on it and it it's been so fun working together but we do love it i think like you know those cliches of do something you love and it won't feel like work oh man that I think I probably would have laughed at that if somebody would have told me that, you know, four years ago. And now it, you know, it feels like, yeah, it feels like you just, you, the, you never burn out. You just keep going. You love it. We have amazing customers. Um, we've been able to turn it into something from our basement into Madison's only fly shop. Um, you know, the only fly shop for sure that has muskies in the bathroom, muskies on the front door, musky big old musky sign on the side of the building. Um, we do more than just muskies, uh, but, you know, I think we, we definitely love it, um, which kind of gets me into moving, moving into like the next part of what we want to talk about was really the podcast. I think that's a good background on Josh and I, probably longer than you guys cared for. So good thing there's a 30 second fast forward on your podcast app. Yeah, but, thanks for sticking with us as long <laughs> if you're still here. If you're still here through 30 minutes of the first episode, we thank you. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't run for the hills. But, um, you know, we what did we really, I think where this all came together, you know, last month, um, we were in the midst of trade show season, and that's, I think, we've been chewing on this for a while. We did Musky Fool Live. You've had a little dabbling in podcasts, and Ultimately, like you just said, the customers are really the, the folks that we get to talk to are the ones that was like, when's it coming back? Where's Musky Fool Live? I loved it. Yep. And uh, that's what really kept it going. And then thanks to, thanks to Bam Bam himself, we built this cool, this cool set in the dungeon. It looks so much better than what I get to see. I look out at the basement. You guys <laughs> get to see this. Oh, man, it's like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. It's a, it's a, different, it's a different thing. But... Um, yeah, so what are we what are we doing here? You talked a little bit about the name, Spot Burning Everything But Fishing Spots. Um, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a magical journey where we are going to outline all these different topics that we want to address in the industry. And like I said just earlier... Just muskies? What are we, are we just... All sorts of stuff. Good. Yeah, we're going to cover cold water species, warm water species. Maybe someday we'll dabble into some salt water species. But all things, I mean, what are some of the weird concepts and ideas we've talked about are like how to take care of yourself while fly fishing. You know, we take it for granted that our rotator cuffs are always in good working order and we don't have a uh, trigger finger and, and this and that. So some of us don't Fuck. at least. Fuck. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I got fucking injured musky fly fishing. It ain't for the faint of heart. Poor Dano. Uh, yeah, but there's just, there's so much to delve into. It was like wh how to winterize a boat. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks they know how to do it, but do you truly know how to do it? You just put it in your garage in winter and then it's winterized, right? Yep. Perfect. Exactly. Then I did it right. Uh, you know, <laughs> muskies, uh, 
where where they came from, you know, and where are we now? Yeah, and that's I think what's that's what's cool about it is Josh and I we have different perspectives on this, but we kind of are going to try and meld them together. I really I've always been, especially since I got way deeper into fishing, fascinated with the history of it, the culture of it in Wisconsin. You know the stories. It's like it's like a little bit of myth. And like the mythological, this like beast of muskies and all of how did trout get here and all these different angles. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, you're not just going to hear us ramble on. Um, we do. This is probably the most rambling we'll do, but we do plan to, to get pretty deep into things. I think that's where the name came from. Uh, deep dives and also topics that might get us in a little bit of trouble. We're not going to shy away from some of the hard the hard stuff. Yep. There's ask, a lot of that in fishing. Ask some hard questions. Yeah. Investigative reporting, di- deep dives into some weird topics and and whatnot. And then we are going to do some, you know, lighter pieces that are how-tos and things like that. So it's going to be a little bit well-rounded and and uh yeah, we live in a really tremendous state. The longer we fish in the state, the more we realize holy cow, we got more spring spring creeks than anywhere in the world. You know, we we are at the epicenter of everything. And it's, again, like part of the culture of Wisconsin. It's just deep fishing, fishing, fishing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, whether it's muskies or walleye or trout or, you know, you name it, smallmouth bass. So um, we definitely plan to do a little bit of that. And we also are going to interview some cool people. Because God forbid you have to listen to Josh and I the whole time and stare at us. We we hope to... uh, Bring in some actual experts, some 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 crazy characters. There's a lot of them in fly fishing, oh, uh, yeah. and and not even maybe just fly fishing. There's a you know we'll, we'll infuse a little bit of uh, I think as fly anglers we can get a little one dimensional and think the world revolves around fly line and flies. And I, I hate to admit it, folks, but there's a lot more gear anglers catching a lot more fish out there than all of us. So we can we can learn from them. We probably will have a lot of gear guys on our show. Ultimately. Just to make fun of them, or maybe ask? No, we won't do that. Well, I'm sorry. We're gonna poke. We're gonna poke the bear for sure. A couple sucker it's always fishermen fun to poke the bear. Yeah, I like fishing suckers. That's probably the one fly I want the most. Live sucker. The live sucker. God, a little bit of bucktail tied so on. So good. Uh, <laughs> what else we got? Um, what else do we? I got? think we're also, you know, not gonna try and take ourselves too seriously. Um, as much as we are gonna dive into some topics, I think. We're going to try and keep it pretty lighthearted. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, this is a group effort. You know, we expect all of you guys to help us with this. You know, what do you want to hear? Who do you want to hear from? Uh, what do you not want to hear? You know, so that's, you know, if you go to our website, if you reach out to us on Instagram or social media, Facebook, whatever it may be, you know, help make this the podcast you want to hear. In terms of topics and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's probably, you know, in an effort to uh, not keep rambling, that's probably like we hit on the core who we are, what we're here for, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, just to reemphasize, like, to, as we wrap up, like, please reach out. Tell us if you hate it. Tell us if you love it. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, comment, like, and then, of course, you know, subscribe and share. We really appreciate it. We're very grateful for all the support. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're living the dream and we, we love it and you guys are the ones making it possible. So thank you. You got anything else, Bam Bam? 
I think that's it. We covered a lot of good stuff in this episode. First episode in the books. Let's go. Here we go. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Spot Burn Podcast. Coming to you from the dungeon, this podcast is presented by Musky Fool Fly Fishing Co. We want to thank our awesome sponsors, Cortland Line Company and Stealth Craft Boats. We also want to thank all of you, our listeners, for tuning in, subscribing, sharing, and spreading the good word. If you haven't heard, go check us out at muskyfool.com. Have fun out there on the water, y'all.